grabbing them nuts tight and taking a load to the chest. I want to give the Dallas Cowboys credit for Sharif Floyd. You heard it here, folks. This is past My friend's a Christian. He wears the cross everywhere, which I get it, but it is a strange memory to think about all the time. It's not a happy memory. <laughs> I know that's your guy, but you've seen better days. That's like if I walked around everywhere in a Michael Jordan Wizards jersey. I guess, but he was better before that, you don't remember? I choose to remember him suffering. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna go home and put some water in Buckmaster's mama's dish. Good evening. And in a one-run game with two gone in the ninth inning, the dream matchup. Otani, Trout. A lot of cats think they hate me, man. I mean, I'm mad. You know, I'm mad at everything, man. You know. Both are going back to the same team. One's coming back with a trophy. A player haters ball gives us an opportunity to hate on a diverse array of mock-ass mocks, trick-ass mocks, punk bitches and skip-scap skanks and scallywags, hoes, heifers, hee-haws, and hula hoops. Baseball's already won. Otani's ready. Trout's ready. 3-2. He struck him out! Otani strikes out Trout, and Japan's back on top of the baseball world! It's just a man! the rock is cooking! Coming live from two, count them, two locations, this is Past the Rock. I'm Patrick, and this week I'm only joined by one great man. Uh, you know this man. His name is Caesar, a.k.a. LCs. Otherwise known as Pass the Rock's biggest hater. <laughs> it's a nice little tease there. Uh, before we get into the meat of the episode, uh, bring bring the fun, I just want to do a quick mention of, of the World Baseball Classic. It's not the happiest... Not the happiest note, but um, you I suck, USA. Uh, yeah, they blew it. Um, but Japan's got a Japan's got a really good history in the tournament. Um, they've played now five of these things. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Japan beat the USA in the final of the World Baseball Classic three to two. Um, so Japan won their third of the five World Baseball Classics uh, that we've had so far. Uh, the World Baseball Classic was kind of put into place when the Olympics said baseball is not competitive enough internationally, uh, and it's not not something we want to I mean, we want to hold. I mean, they're not Go completely ahead. wrong, but you know, no, I mean, only like especially I... at, especially at that time, it was it was pretty much just the USA dominating everybody, if I remember correctly. It's been I was fourteen like, yeah. when they made that decision. Um, so yeah, because your so your, your powerhouses are what. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, the powerhouses of the USA, the DR, yeah, like, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Rico, a little bit, yeah, yeah, that's kind of who you're looking Even even Korea's starting to catch up in terms of baseball, quality of baseball play. They they put together really good teams. They're not guys you've ever heard of, but they can play baseball. Uh, And I think that's one of the things where their games are a little bit different. You know, and it's it's great to see uh, hitters who go up there and just try to hit the ball. Uh, they're not trying to jack homers or or play and play too much analytics. You know, there's there's definitely some benefits there, but there's also something to just watching a guy get up there, get up there and swing the bat. Uh, 
So that's yeah. nice to see. And yeah, that's uh, that's so- the part of it. It's, it being like culturally different, but like it's the same sport, but it's because of like the way uh, you can just kind of. Uh, what is it like the, there's such distinct cultural differences between each nation that also bleeds into their style of play yeah and, and, you, and we've seen that interestingly enough baseball is you know it used to be you know it was it was america's pastime it was it was the sport here football is definitely taken over at this point um and basketball's passed it and that that might be where it sits right now uh but japan baseball is the the most popular sport uh, I haven't seen the number for the final yet, but I know in the semifinal, Japan had 60 like, million people watching. 62 million people watched, uh, which is over half of their population. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. You're not going to get that in the U.S. You'll you'll never see those numbers in the U.S. again for, for baseball. No, but uh, this year's World Baseball Classic definitely did better uh, than some previous ones. So I think that there is a peaked interest, um, and I really hope the MLB works to capitalize on that. Uh, work and, on and they need to work hard because MLB got two of their best and biggest stars facing against each other in the final. I, People yeah, wanted Otani. You couldn't and, ask for it better. Yeah, you got Otani and you got Trout going one on one to decide decide the champion uh, of the, the World Baseball which Classic. Country has the best baseball team, but interestingly and, enough, they're both going to go back to a fourth place AOS team. Yeah, and you know we need we need to delve into that in like a future episode of how you have two of the most talented players to ever play the fucking sport, and you suck. You're you're trash. It's, and I get it. It's a team sport. You need more than two guys. But you have two of the best possible building blunts you could possibly ask for, and yet you manage year after year my, to just be terrible. Honestly, my, we should applaud the the. I we should applaud you. I might warn you to tread lightly, as the Mavericks might be in that conversation soon. No, no, no. I don't. I I'm fully aware that the Mavs are very similar, and I'm okay. also, and that's why I'm so pissed off at them. The Mavs suck. I it's it's beyond. It's like it's one thing. To be mediocre, it's another thing to have star talents at those levels and have a losing record, and they're both playing together at the same time. Like that is that is yeah, not great. an unforgivable sports sin to have such great talents and to suck so hard. But you know what? The Angels and the Mavs they find new ways to suck, and we should study that. That's talent. That's not a good talent to have, but that is talent. That is something that sports historians need to look into years from now. Yeah, and I don't keep up with enough of what goes on behind the scenes with the Angels. Um, I do know that they're likely going to trade Otani this year, um, and they probably should have done it last year. Yes, um, send them here. Send them to the Rangers. Like, yeah, they're not going to trade him to us. Hey, man, they'll, they'll, hey, we, we have the they best might, farm system. They might, yeah, they might for the farm, but I don't know. Um, Listen, I'll, I'll give up heavy. the farm for the guy. He's 28. No kidding. He's potentially the greatest ball player of all time. So, yeah, his numbers yeah. may never back that up, but like just watching the guy, you're like, yeah. I mean, his yeah. influence on every single I game back it up is immeasurable. Yeah, it's uh, one of those just, where the baseball uh, nerds can suck it because I know, I know great talent when I see it, and he has it. I don't care if he doesn't but, necessarily hit for 300 or pitch a three, uh, like a, a sub three ERA. 
he is doing both things, like hitting and pitching. I don't think there's anyone anyone who seriously follows baseball that has any problem with any part of Otani's game. It's no, Patrick that's as the um player. Yeah, but you know what, Patrick? As as we're gonna get as we're gonna delve into later, haters <laughs> exist in all corners, in all Very walks true. of the Absolutely sports media true. market. All right, you never so know. The, it's the Otani Trout matchup that we all dreamed of, waited for, um, ended with Otani throwing a couple hundred mile fastballs past Trout, um, and he was looking for it. He knew it was coming. He just couldn't get it. Which is too bad. Trout had a pretty terrible last game. I think he went one for five. Um, supposed to be the best player. Uh, I was a little confused, and I guess it, it ended up working out because Trey Turner did hit another home run, but I don't know why they moved him up from the nine spot. I would, I like to believe that if something's working, you stick with it. They moved him up. He still hit another home run. He was the best player in the tournament for us. He's probably the best shortstop in baseball right now. Uh, he's the most average, generic-looking guy in the world, so the MLB is never going to try to market him. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, we, we have a fun team. They did very well. Every every time, everyone thinks the Dominicans is just going to stop everybody, but they've only won once, uh, and I think they've only medaled once. Uh, yep, one first-place yeah, finish and a fourth-place finish. But you know what the Dominican has that the U.S. doesn't? And that's just a fun team. Sure. That's just a fun, some, vibrant personality. Some fun guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But American baseball. Listen, we, we, we can spicing, we can vote. spicing yes. up a little bit. Yeah. Let's. You know what? Here's here's one way that we can make American baseball a lot more entertaining to watch. Get rid of these stupid unwritten rules. If it's not in the actual rule book, throw it out. I don't care. I want to see guys uh, flip the bat. I want people. I want pitchers to taunt the hitters because mm. they couldn't hit them. Give me sure. every. Give me as much entertainment value as you possibly can. Yeah, and that's a like big it, part of of Japanese baseball and Korean baseball. Maybe more specifically in Korea, the the bat flip as a as an art form, where it's yeah. it's never looked on as disrespect. It's just it's just what happens after you just crank one. It's just gonna happen to make it look cool. It's like a celebration in any sport when you do anything else. Exactly. In hockey, look, you got your signature look. celebrations. NFL, they got their signature signature celebrations. They didn't used and, to, and be able to do stuff like that. It used to be the no yeah. fun league. They took. I remember distinctly there was this era of Chad Johnson, Terrell Owens, and it, basically any star receiver with a personality. They get in the end zone, and an elaborate, an elaborate celebration took place. And then the NFL took that away for like a decade. And then they finally brought it back, I think, like, 2016, 2017. We finally got to see people have fun again after while celebrating. Randy Moss pretended to moon the crowd in Green Bay, and Joe Buck acted like he just uh, took a knee during the National Anthem or whatever whatever Joe Buck would get mad about. I think he's a different yep. guy now, but back then, Joe Buck, I was not a fan of that. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people in the NFL back in that day were super crusty, old. And just zero, zero uh, personality. Uh, Joe Buck was one of them, but now he is better, and he wasn't super old yeah, at that like time. Him. But and he definitely I, had. I mostly like had old man energy. Baseball games, but I, I'm fine with him on football. Fair, yeah. I don't know how much of the World Baseball Classic you watch. Um, I honestly did not start tuning in 
until the twenty two to nothing games were over. Once they got into the the knockout stuff, that was fun. Pool play in the World Baseball Classic is not quite at the level of even pool play in the World Cup, which you'll get some like seven nothings, but generally they're at least winnable games for both teams. Uh, whereas, yeah, you'll get you'll just get mercy. They have mercy rules in the World Baseball Classic to not to not let some of those games go on forever in the the opening rounds. But overall, it's a it's a fun tournament. Uh, happy to see the U.S. Happy to see the U.S. at least compete we won the last one so it would have been nice to repeat but it's also been six years so maybe they uh maybe they weren't um maybe they weren't ready hopefully this is like a what was it oh three oh four when the U- u.s men's team lost and got bronze medal at the olympics in basketball yeah something hopefully like this that is something I... like that and then it inspires the guys to come back and win the next one in 2026. Yeah, sure, hopefully. But at the same time, I don't I don't mind seeing the other countries succeed. Uh specifically, I would love to see uh Mexico, which the internet I don't know if you were on on Twitter for any of this, but uh, I saw a lot of Twitter users call this the uh Mexico Japan matchup. Uh winner gets to claim Goku. That's good. I like that. That's funny. Oh yeah. I'm like, I've yep. not heard that. Yeah. Although if we're if we're being honest and that's all we that's all I can be, right? You know, just honest. That's who we are. That's what this podcast is about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie lie to our audience. Uh all twenty five of you. Uh listen, Goku at this claimed him as their own. I need you to restart whatever that sentence was. Goku something. Listen, I I'm going to be honest with you guys, all right? Goku, he belongs to Mexico. We've claimed him as our own, all right? He is in more places in Mexico than he will ever be in Japan. I don't care that that's where he originated from. If we have anybody in Japan listening to this, I doubt it. But if if we do, if we do, for some weird reason, uh, Goku is ours, and he will be ours for the remaining, uh, I don't know, existence of mankind and... The existence of Dragon Ball as a property. Thank you. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to ask my my anime expert about. Uh, I I am the anime expert about what the the Japanese culture, the ranking of Goku compared to some of the other. Oh, I could tell you potentially could t- more like... popular. Yeah, there was there are significant. Oh yeah, there are I significantly assume, more. I don't know. There are more popular characters in Japan. So I think they're okay. I think they'll be okay giving him up. Yeah. I think they're they right. took they they took a win in the World Baseball Classic. We took a once incredibly popular. He's still popular, but he's not he's not the guy. He's not him anymore. No. He's not him let's, anymore. Let's be let's be fair to Japan. They've taken three of the five. They have proven that they are the baseball country of the world since the World Baseball Classic has started. Um this yeah. isn't a situation where America just always dominates and it's boring. This is a situation where we got to get our act together because we're we're losing at our own game. We took Canada's games, hockey and hockey and football. basketball. Sorry, basketball, basketball and football. We took basketball and got better at it. Is football Canadian? Uh, I read somewhere that it is that it actually has roots in Canada. So we just take things from Canada and make it better. 
and just never ever credit them for. Captured hockey yet? I shouldn't have said that. Uh, no, I mean we have some Olympic wins. We have, some, and besides, yes, the NHL is so. mostly American teams, and I get it. A lot of the players aren't American born, but whatever. Most of, most of them are not. If but if Canada the with, the, uh, with the MLB is, I think last I saw, over seventy percent of the MLB rostered players are from the United States of America. Yeah, crazy, right? But uh, I guess some people just don't give like two shits about playing for team USA and I don't blame them. Like some of them are just in it for the paychecks and Hey, go chase that bag. Go chase that bag. Also Patriotism just, doesn't pay the bills. Also, there's just more international competition. Like there's, there's other very good baseball leagues out there, you know, which other sports, the American, you know, there's not another, the Chinese basketball league isn't competing with the NBA. And oh, there's whatever Euro league that, Luca was in, and there's I mean, nothing, I'm, there's I, I believe hockey wise, the KHL is the closest thing, and they're not even remotely close. I don't even think they're as good as the AHL. I believe like the best, the best team in Europe could absolutely uh, win against like the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Pistons, and it would. Oh man, and they could. I think. Yeah, no, I think if they could. Those guys would be playing here. Oh no, no, no! I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about them as a talent, as individuals. I'm talking about just those teams because they they spend more time together. They're, and they, I just think they could do it. There's only one way to find Maybe. out, and that's the yeah, NBA has like, like just send, send, yeah, just have like have like the worst the worst NBA team play whoever wins Euro League, and see what happens, and make make it like make it competitive. Make, Make there make there be something on the line so we can get the best out of all the athletes involved. I doubt they do it because hey, professional sports leagues. As much as some of them like to pretend they're innovative, they they're not. They're not, or they're not as committed to it. But this this would no. put eyes on basketball at an international I, level, and I don't think I they, some, gonna, they would do it. I saw like, some and I get it about the ML, how how baseball should handle following up with this by creating their own Champions League of the Korean League, the Japanese League, and the MLB, and probably, uh, is it, I'm trying to remember what the Mexican League was called. It's dumb oh, that I've placed bets on it, and I can't remember what it's called. It's like it's like League Mexica Baseball or something like that. No, the Mexican Baseball League? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it is just, it, I mean, if you translate it into English, it's just the Mexican League. Or Liga Mexicana de Baseball. Uh, yeah. For my Spanish speaking. There you there. go. That's, 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 there it is. I wasn't going to yeah, try it. Here's, my, my Spanish accent's got awful. Uh, well, I don't, I don't really have much of an accent. But anyway, uh, the only problem with that is if you do, if you do something like that, right? Whoever wins the World Series, if you're going to do it that way, I'm like, are you also going to say, well, okay, if you're not American, we can't have you on the roster? Because a lot no, of no, these they're teams not, they're are going... playing against they're playing against like the leagues. Okay, so the league champions. champions. Okay, yeah. I mean, at that point, I sure I think it'd be a shame if the U.S. didn't win any of those. I you'd also have well, to, you'd also have to. It'd be, it'd be an, it's just a, it would be a fun addition to the world. You have the World Baseball Classic for international play, but it would also be great just to see the you know the top two teams from just like we do with. European soccer, the top two teams or whatever from each league, get into a tournament together and see what that looks like. I mean, I'd be down for it, absolutely. Because I think we've, I think that we've proven with 
the World Baseball Classic that there is enough talent out there that if you're doing a tournament of the top teams, that it's worth it because they're all pretty even. Yeah, you, the, here's the thing. They just have to make sure, whoever organizes all this, that you're in trouble, right? Like that you're, what, they have to make sure what? That it's worth everybody's trouble to participate in. Because I 100%. Yeah, yeah, the money's got to be. Here's the thing. I believe that every other team from around the world that would compete in this hypothetical league would be way more. They would absolutely do the, the, like, play until, like, the game of their lives. They would do everything they could. And I will also believe that whoever the U.S. representative is or the MLB representative would probably just kind of treat this like a spring, spring training game. Yeah, you'd have to, I, I guess the scheduling would be a big part of it, but you'd have to find a time where, and you have to find a financial incentive to make it where they're like, oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, and like whether that's getting somebody like, oh, I don't know, get Amazon involved and say, hey, listen, we're going to organize all these leagues and you'll be able to have all these eyes across the world on this product and all it's going to cost you is whatever it is, like, Putting in the uh, the grand prize, whether it's like I don't know, ten million dollars for the winning team, which may not be a lot for the MLB guys, but maybe you can be like, all right, well, it's a bonus. And I don't know. the The problem with like the MLB is like their contracts are fully guaranteed. I think for the most part, and so it's not like you can add some incentives to it. Like if this was like the bat, like if this was NBA or um, well, I, I I guess a better a better example single, would be the- every single one of those guys wants to make more money than whatever they had to sell. Even if it's a ton, they think that they're worth more. So I think that I, I yeah. think the money incentive is enough. This is past the Well, all right, man. I don't want to. I don't want to take up too much more time on on the baseball stuff. Although I'm glad you, I'm glad you had some some opinions on that because I didn't know if that was going to get any traction. So. That worked out well. I came ready today, Patrick. Yes, sir. I love it. It's helpful to me. Um, so now I think it's time to pass the rock on to you, and um, we'll let you uh, let you tell everyone what you got. Yes, this episode is going to be about being a hater, about being a sports hater in general. All right. Now, Patrick, feel free to chime in whenever. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. But I will, I will, I will tell you right now. I might be going full, full steam ahead. I don't know if the breaks are work are gonna work for me right now, right? I might yeah. stumble through my words. I might just lose train of thought because the emotions, the hate, will take over at some point. My emotions, my emotions. But I'm here to prove why I am the biggest hater because it takes one to know one. So first and foremost, this episode is an ode. To sports hate and let's talk about it sports hate manifests itself itself in many many different ways either through a fan base through the athlete themselves or those covering the athletes and to all of them i say don't deny what you are you live in your truth you own up to it what bothers me in this world of sports hate is that sometimes People deny it. You call them out on it, they get defensive. What? Why? Why? You've already forsaken a lot of you, your journalistic integrity by going on TV and spewing bullshit 
that you that you just don't actually believe. Now, in the case of some, this character that they play, this hateful, spiteful character that they play, has become that. I'm looking at you, Skip Bayless. Oh, Skip Bayless, let's start with him, right? He's the number one example of what it means to be a hater in the landscape of sports journalism. I can't even call this man a journalist, all right? I don't know when the last time he picked up a pen to write and anything down was. When's the last time he opened up a computer and typed some meaningful article on a team that he was covering? Never. That's funny because that's what he was, that's how he got big once he was known for doing that here. He was, everyone loved him as a writer around here. And that's why he got the opening spot at the ticket. Um, that's why he was able to move on so quickly into the national media because people loved his writing. And you know, yeah, they loved his writing. But you know what they hate about him is when he opened his mouth and talks. Oh, absolutely. And, and what comes out is nothing but some hateful bullshit. You know, here's one thing that has forever and ever annoyed me about Skip Bayless. He is the number one LeBron hater in the world. It does not matter what LeBron James does. He could score 100 points, right, in four straight games of the NBA Finals win. Let's say he also puts up 100 rebounds. Skip Bayless with that little high-pitched, bitchy-ass little voice that he has going up to Shannon Sharp. It's like, talk Shannon? Like, why? It sucks! And it's like, Skip, shut the hell up. We don't need to hear this bit anymore. Just tell us that you hate LeBron James. Because at this point, it's no longer a bit. The bit, every bit has a shelf life, right? And yours ended a long time ago. You just genuinely don't like LeBron James. And I get it. A lot of people, a lot of fans, they don't like LeBron James. I get it. it it's, we've been saturated by coverage of LeBron since he was 18 years old. This man has been on our TV screens for well over 20 years. I understand at some point there is fatigue and when fatigue sets in and the thing that causes you to be fatigued does not go away, that fatigue grows into hate. But as long as you know, own up to it, I don't care. But if you deny it, if you deny someone's greatness because of whatever arbitrary reason, then all you are is a hater in denial. But if you are self-aware, then sir, and or madam, I welcome you with open arms. Let's talk about some more haters out there, shall we, Patrick? Yes, sir. Listen, one of my, what, what, one of my other favorite, but not favorite haters in the world of sports journalism is Jason Whitlock. All right? This man just spew, just talks out of his ass 100% of the time. You could tell when he talks about an athlete that he does not like. It is personal to him. It is personal. But why? Because they don't like him. They don't like his writing style. They don't, they don't give him what he wants. Boo fucking who. Deal with it. You're a grown-ass man. Act like it. Today, this man goes after Mina Kimes. And if you are listening to this, uh, I don't know when this goes out. But today we're recording on the 23rd of March. This man goes out. And chastises her for, for whatever little thing. She said um, she said something about Nip being like a, 
like a slur, which I've never heard that yeah. before. But I think she also made it's, light of it, right? She made, she just yeah, made a joke so about it a little, and kept going. A on. more context on that, just for for anybody who doesn't know the story, it was an Austin radio station, and someone they were talking about in Boston. You know, in Boston they call like like a drink a nip. You know, like uh-huh. having a nip. Yeah. Um, so the guy was trying to make a joke about about nips, and he was talking about boobs, and he meant to say Mila Kunis, but he accidentally said Mila Kimes. Um, and that's where kind of all this came from. And then Mila Kimes changed her Twitter name to Mila Kunis as a joke. She thought it was funny. And then a bunch of people got mad at that guy, saying he was a racist, and he was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Because uh, uh, in Japan, the word for Japan is Nippon. Um, yep. And so that was... A world, you know, definitely a World War Two era insult to slaying at Japanese people was the shortened version of that. Um, so yeah, a whole big nothing. The girl Mina Kynes laughed it off. She knew that guy wasn't yeah. was not and then trying the... to do anything. Like you know, people made mistakes, but that's not that doesn't even feel like that. He just said the wrong name, and then all of a sudden it blew into a whole other thing. Um, yeah, and then and then that then turns this... into what you got here. Yeah. This asswipe, Jason Whitlock, says, Raise your hand if you knew Nip was an ethnic slur. I did not. Tell me how this Mina Kimes life was impacted by this. Other than nailing herself to a cross. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. Nailing herself to a cross. You know what Jason Whitlock is doing right here? I'll tell you what he's doing right here. You don't have to answer this. Huh? No, not just that. You know what he's doing? He is purposely taking a bite out of horse shit. And then going to your face... Doing one of those, how does my breath smell? Thinking that it actually smells good. That's what he's doing to us here. He is purposely stepping into the mud, consuming it, making it his own thing, and then making it your problem. I can't stand that. And he's done, he's made a career of that. He's done that with Alan Iverson. Uh, I think he's also done that with Kwame Brown at some point, which, you know, whatever. Kwame Brown, not the biggest guy. I know he has issues with him. I know that, um, or maybe not him specifically. I'm forgetting which NBA player. Uh, might be Steven Jackson. Might be, and I know for sure it's Allen Iverson. But listen, he has made a career of just doing this. And there's a reason he is no longer on our TV screens, right? He is one of those guys that's going to absolutely irk the people that he works around, uh, the people that watch him. This man's a hater. And he's not a fun one. He's an atrocious one. And he's one that is in self-denial. Self-denial. Own up to what you are, hater. Live in your truth. Let's continue on to another, another set of haters in the sports casting world. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith. He is a big-ass hater. And I have very recent evidence of this. And you know what it is, Patrick? It is his feelings towards Kyrie. I get it. Kyrie, he says and does a lot of things that a lot of people won't agree with, and rightfully so. There's a lot of things where Kyrie sounds ignorant to some and intelligent to others. Wherever you land on that side, that's your, per- that, that's your personal views. We're not going to go there. But where we are going to go is how, for whatever reason, Stephen A. Smith is willing to go there and is also willing to deny it. There was an incident where Jay Williams calls out Stephen A. Smith. He calls out Stephen A. Smith to his face saying, your feelings towards Kyrie Irving are bleeding out on the TV, and it is personal. And you can look at the face of Stephen A. Smith. He's getting loud. He's getting defensive. He's denying and denying and denying. 
Stop it, Stephen A. To take it personal, everybody can see it. Everybody can see it. You may have hints of a point in some of what you say, but a lot of what you say discovered in, I believe the word is vitriol. Is that right, Patrick? Vitriol. If not, you can edit this out. Vitriol. There you go. In vitriol. I'm not actually a thousand percent sure which way you're supposed to pronounce it because I definitely have heard it both ways. I've always said it vitriol because that's the way I've read it, but you know, who knows? English is stupid. Yeah. It's a dumb language. Vitriol. Right? But he sounds bitter. He's a bitter hater when it comes to Kyrie Irving. And he will not accept it. Just accept what you are, Stephen A. Smith. You can't stand the guy. I don't know what he did to you. Did he spit in your face? Slap you around and say that you have a terrible hairline? That you have too much money to not go to Turkey and get a hair transplant? Did he do that? I'm doing that. Are you going to go after me? Probably not. You don't know who I am. You're probably not going to hear this. I don't care, man. Because you're a hater. He's pretty much You're a hater. Skip Jr. He's at this point he has he, become Skip Jr. You know the thing was yeah. he used to be like he used to be the balance on the other side, right? The other side, like one was the LeBron and, hater, and the, the other one was the LeBron. Up, buddy. Yeah, and, and and you know what we have we have more haters because I I need to talk about I need to talk about this. You can be a hater and a meat writer at the same time, and that is not derogatory in any word in any form other than it's slang for you are just so infatuated with another person that it's just disgusting and some of I mean, it we're all made we're all made of meat so you could you could yeah. ride anyone and be a meat rider i think i think that checks out we're gonna say that is what you're going with yeah sure yeah for sure listen this is where i'm gonna go with this sometimes sometimes someone's uh absolute obsession in defending another person, it's covered in hate for other people. You know who I might be talking about? Probably not. But he is on the same network as Skip Bayless. As Skip Bayless Coward. is the LeBron hater. Oh, yeah, Coward. Yeah, he's he's a huge hater. Fuck, fuck that guy. I don't know who's on which networks anymore since I... Who I'm talking about... My, who I'm talking about is the antithesis of Skip Bayless. And that is Nick Wright. This man... We'll do anything that he's. Yeah, this guy will do anything, absolutely anything, to undermine whatever Michael Jordan has done and prop up LeBron James. Whatever anybody else is doing in basketball, it's not as good as what LeBron can do. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I didn't think I could have, I, I didn't think I could have, the anti Skip Bayless, but I do, and he's just as annoying and has just as much of a punchable face. But he's never going to own up to his sports hate. Absolutely not. And the worst part is, the worst part is that sometimes, sometimes, and I hate to admit it, I'm like, all right, you have a good point here. It may not necessarily be about LeBron James, but it might be about just something else that's going on in sports. Or maybe it's just an opinion on what is happening between, say, an organization and uh, the players in that organization. Or how some players are being treated, whatever. Sometimes the man has a good take. But you know... I just can't give him that much more credit because, as I said, it takes a hater to know a hater. I embrace the label. And therefore, Nick Wright, fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah, I've never heard of, never heard of this guy. I don't know anything about him. Oh, good. Good. You have spared yourself. You have absolutely spared yourself. Now, there's another thing that absolutely pisses me off, Patrick. All right? 
And this is another, this is like sports journalism adjacent, and it's the bloggers. It's the sports bloggers who deem themselves journalists. And sure, a lot of them, they, they do the blogs so they can get noticed by some of the bigger companies so they can get there. Like The Ringer, ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever. Whatever it is, they're on the hustle and the grind. But even then, even then, this one, this one in particular, this one in particular, Patrick, this annoys me. Because this guy has, on many occasions, denied himself to be a hater. And he's just saying to everybody, I'm just presenting factual information. That's what pisses me off, Patrick. Not that he's presenting factual information. He is hiding his hate behind statistics. I'm just, you are I'm just a hater and a coward. Bro. I'm just asking questions. Yeah, he's like, I'm just presenting information. The biggest, biggest, just, mm, uh, <laughs> culprits of doing, like, the person who does this the most that I consume, right? Of the media that I consume is a blogger by the name of Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. You could tell this man has an agenda is on that players the, uh, that he does Eagles, not. Eagles. It is the. Fan. It's the, yeah, it's the Eagles SB Nation uh, yeah, okay, yeah. blogs, right? Does it still exist? Yes, it does. Okay. It, it's it's one of the more popular ones. SB Nation do like a major overhaul the last couple months? Yep, yep. Or I'm thinking did. of Vox. I think Vox Nation. Vox, Vox is, is the, the parent company of, of SB Nation. Yes. Oh, okay. Thank you. That makes sense. Yeah, because we're losing some star stuff. That makes me sad. Yeah. Well, let's, let's continue on to this. This is what pisses me off about this guy, right? He doesn't call himself a hater. He denies it. He absolutely gets flustered any time that there might be any hints of a mention, like a mention of like he might be just coming off as a hater. He presents information. For example, he presented stats about Darius Slay. Darius Slay had a hot start. And then what happens? Darius Slay kind of cooled down. Darius Slay chimed back. Darius Slay said, hey, uh, you're wrong. I was like, you're wrong. There was a stretch of five games where I wasn't targeted. And I get it. I get it. I get it. You don't like Darius Slay because he's 32 years old. Sure, and he didn't produce interceptions. He didn't make, as his nickname would say, any big plays. So just say you don't like him being on the team. Don't go out on Twitter, post stats, and then say, when someone calls you out, I'm just presenting factual information. No, you're presenting factual information because you have an agenda, because you're a hater. This man did the same thing with Jalen Hurts. He eventually came around and he said, you know what? I was wrong. Good. The first step to admitting you're a hater is knowing when you're wrong. And then doubling down anyways, but being self-aware that you're wrong. Because that's the art of being a hater is you double down. You double down, but you're aware of it. You call yourself out on it. At least internally, you're like, yeah, I'm a hater. I'm hating. But he's not doing it. Why? Because he's a coward. He's a coward. And I don't respect cowards. Although I will say this, Bleeding Green Nation, they do some really good stuff there. So if you like the Eagles, I like, highly recommend them. Even though, even though him and then uh, RJ Ochoa of the Cowboys, uh, Blogging the Boys, they're both haters. They both present information in a way to push their agenda, but say that they're just presenting objective facts. Like, sure, sure, buddy. 
sure that's exactly that's all you're doing. There is nothing else that you're trying to do and to present us with information. We know you have an agenda. We know that you don't like certain players. Just fucking own up to it. Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That goes that that that's what covers. That's what's going to cover my little my little diatribe on the journalists and the bloggers. But now I'm going to turn this sword to the athletes. All right. The athletes themselves, you do shit that pisses me off. You do shit that makes me a hater. But you yourselves, y'all are haters too. On each other. And some of you own up to it. Some of you never address it. I have issues with that. And I have issues with some of these athletes. Some of them former athletes. I'm looking at fucking Chris Sims. All right, let's just talk. Let's just take this from the top with Chris Sims, right? Because he's a fucking massive hater. All right, this man, who is irrelevant, he really should be irrelevant. He did not have the requisite talent to take Texas to the top. No, he shouldn't have but ever through played. Sheer fucking nepotism. Fucking, yeah, they should have never taken yeah, yeah. Major Haploid out for that fucking sorry son of a bitch. Yeah, this man, the absolute beneficiary. Of disgusting ass nepotism. Oh, your dad was great in New York. Yeah, cool. And you suck. Yeah, before people. You really suck at football. Texas. You somehow, yeah, you somehow, through your last name and playing at a major program. Who, let's be real, at the time when you were at Texas, they weren't really a major program. They like, like, so let's be real. They they should have been. They definitely should have been. But because of your presence <laughs> there, you are what held that team back. Listen, I'm gonna keep going. You held that team back. You got drafted to Tampa Bay. Jay Gruden didn't, or Jay Gruden, John Gruden didn't like you. Didn't like you in Tampa. Yet you found your way into the starting lineup. You unfortunately suffered an injury that ended your career, for the most part. Like yes, after Tampa Bay, you lost. Like you, you still managed to latch onto another team or two, if I remember correctly. But I really don't because guess what? You're not relevant. You were not relevant then, and you shouldn't be now. But what are you doing to be relevant? You're being a hater. You're being a hater, and you're not up, owning up to it. You put out a list that ranked Jalen Hurts as your 40th ranked quarterback in the league. When, what does he do that? that same year? Before last this year. This was last year. <laughs> yeah, this was before last year. And you know what he fucking does? You know what he does? Jalen Hurts has one of the greatest Super Bowls we have ever seen and still dismisses it. This guy who's never had a good game in his career like a genuinely good game that he could build upon his entire career has the nerve to be little jalen hurts at every every turn what what did jalen hurts ever do to you i don't know we'll never know all right all that i know to go on you get on a mic and you talk out your ass for what seems like an eternity. You have an annoying voice. Your hairline is receding. You were a failure at the NFL level. And what do you do? Just talk shit about other guys and call it a career. You call it a second career. Chris Sims, you're a fucking disgusting hater because you won't own up to it. Own up to that shit. And maybe, just maybe, 
people will respect you a little bit more. But until then, you're not worthy of any respect. You're not really worthy of anybody's time. I shouldn't even be taking time out of my day, minutes of my life that I'll never get back, that I will never get back talking about you. But this is a segment about hating. I'm a hater, and I know one when I see one. And you son of a bitch, you are one. Got him. On to the next athlete. On to the next one. The next one. Motherfucking Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans States. You son of a bitch. You a real hater. But you know what else you are? You are a failure. At least when it comes to the team game aspect. Sure, as a fantasy football option, you're fantastic. You've won guys plenty of leagues. And what has that amounted to? Heartbreak in the playoffs. But your big mouth doesn't know when to stop running. If you don't know, I'll enlighten you what I mean. It's post-Super Bowl. Alvin Kamara says to some reporter, if we had beaten, if we had played Philadelphia, we would have beaten the shit out of the Eagles. The same guy who was on a team that lost to the Minnesota Vikings. Patrick, off mic, you said it was a fluke. Whatever. It, you're a Vikings fan. You watched that game more closely than I did. However, they still lost. That Eagles team, that Eagles team with Nick Foles in that game, it didn't matter who you would have put. He was still going to go thermonuclear. He did it again in the Super Bowl. You're trying to tell me that Saints team was going to stop that? You don't stop a team of destiny. You just don't. There's a reason they're a team of destiny. Whether you believe in it or not, that's, that's you, right? But I know one when I see one. And that was, that was one. But this man goes out unsolicited and says they would have beaten the shit out of the Eagles. What evidence does he have? His team chokes in the playoffs every year, and they have. And now he's in a situation where his team will not sniff the playoffs for the next half decade. What? You got Derek Carr. Cool. Cool. You got the kid from, from Toy Story all grown up as your quarterback. Round of applause. Is, is, this, is this what you're... Your hate's getting you this terrible karma, karma Camara. It's getting you into football's no man's land. Okay? Why? Because you're opening up your big mouth and you're putting in all this terrible negative energy. And you're denying what you are. Sure, no one's out here calling you a hater to your face. These journalists aren't calling you a hater. People on the radio, if you do radio no, thoughts, aren't calling hey, you Alvin. a hater. Hey, Alvin, you know, that you're a hater. Right? Yeah. And you know what he's going to say? He's going to look at you weird. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You hate other people's success. You're mad at the Rams. You're mad at the Vikings. You're mad at the Eagles. You should be mad at yourself for not doing better. So do better. Alvin Kamara, step aside. All right? Your career is almost over anyway, as most running backs are after five years. You've slowed down. You're on a bad team. You're going to stay on a bad team. You suck. I'm the biggest hater. Next up. up, this one, this one, this one is near and dear to my heart. Because you know what? This man 
has almost single-handedly revived my love for the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, yeah? I hate to put you out here. I hate to put you out here, Luca. Luca, you are a hater of the refs. Yeah. You hate anybody in stripes. You're out here accusing them, accusing them of taking money, and that's why they're making these bad calls. Luca, did you ever just stop and think, you know what, maybe they just suck at their job? Or maybe you're just entitled Did that ever to cross your mind? No, no, that's it's worse than this. It's worse. It's far worse. Far worse. It's far worse than I could have imagined. Luca, I don't know how many languages you speak, Luca. Three, I know for sure. Yeah, three a little four. bit of English, a little bit of Spanish. Yeah, a little bit of your, your home country's language. Listen, Luca, I don't know what language I have to I have to communicate with you for you to understand. But your hate of every referee is costing this team every time you do it. They are less likely to give you calls because you keep whining and moaning and bitching and crying like a little petulant child. Luca, you are not LeBron James. You are not him. You're not Michael Jordan. You're not Larry Bird. You're not Michael. Michael. I was going to say Michael Jackson. He's, he's, he's Magic not. Jordan. Magic he's Johnson. Not Michael Jackson. Yeah, he's not. For sure. You are not Magic. Okay? You are not this all. Who's going to get the benefit of a call when it matters the most? Not yet, at least. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. But guess what? If you keep going down this path, if you keep doing this bullshit, if you can't get your own head out of your own fucking ass, you will never get these calls. And eventually, it's going to come back to bite you and this team. And the next team. The next team that you're on. Because I have my doubts about the Dallas Mavericks keeping you. I really do. I really do. But that's... That's a different rant for a different time. Let's stick. Let's stick here. Let's stick real close to the chest here, Luca. I can't fucking stand the way that you do this shit. All right. I need you to go out on the mic, and I need you to have a come to Jesus moment, and say, you know what? I just can't stand the referees. I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm gonna try to do better. Right. You can go. You can get thirty points, eight rebounds, eight assists. With your eyes closed for the rest of your career. I believe he can do that. I believe he can do that. But what does it matter if your team is always playing four yeah, on you're five? Because you're complaining with the fucking ref. Yeah. You're always complaining with the referees. And what's happening? You're putting your team at a disadvantage. You're putting your team at a disadvantage constantly. And then you get upset when you lose because your body language is piss poor. I know when you're upset. Everybody can see it. I've been in the cheap seats and I've seen you. I've seen you walk off the court all pissy and moody because they didn't give you a foul call. Guess what? They're going to miss some calls. People are what they are. People. We're humans. Now, granted, some of these are egregious. I'm not going to deny that. We all Uh, know that. He also misses open shots sometimes. We all be in agreement. Sure. But we should all be in agreement, right, that referees, to some extent, should also have consequences, should face consequences for being bad at their job. Like we're all, like we all normal, like all of us normal people have consequences for being bad at the thing, like at our paid gigs. It's just a matter of how the world works. I'm not going to deny this point to Luca, but what I will tell you, Luca, I will tell you this. 
you are going to wear out your welcome and every place you go if you keep this shit up. If you keep just crying your little heart out every time that they hit you when you're going to the going to the hole, bro. It's a physical game. These refs, yes, we know these refs have a history of having an agenda. But if you keep giving them a reason to have an agenda against you, you're going to be in this vicious cycle of just being one of the greatest stat patterns of all time. Rich. Luca, please do not turn my fandom of you and the Mavs into hate. So I come to you as a hate. Quit this shit now. Get better. Get better. Control your emotions. Take it out on your teammates who are also letting you down. Don't take it out on the refs. Now, when I say take it out on your teammates, that doesn't mean belittle them. But that definitely means going up to them and challenging them to do better, like I'm doing to you. All right, Luca? That's, this is the nicest I'm going to be to anybody on this entire segment. In this entire I assume, segment. I assume he looks around him and he's just like, yeah, well, I guess I gotta do it. Yeah. I guess so. No. Well, I'm, well I still have full steam oh, ahead. Go, go. Devin Booker. Oh, yeah. This is me coming as a hater. I want to show the world what it really means to be a hater of another athlete. Devin Booker, I can't stand the look of your face. Not at all. All right? You have this perpetual face of indifference and a smugness at the same time that it just makes me want to vomit. Devin Booker, you have this arrogance about you that you have zero reason to have. Yes, you had this amazing 70-point game years ago. You were on a bad team. And they let you take all the fucking shots. And you happen to make a bunch of those fucking shots. Congratulations. It amounted to nothing. Like your career has amounted to nothing. What have you done? Tell me what have you done? What have you fucking done? You've taken a one seed and got your ass kicked by the Dallas Mavericks. You guys were up in that series. And what did you do? You choked it away. Like the throat goat that y'all had on that radio program that said, oh, hey, yeah, okay, I sucked all these dudes' dicks. Is it Throatzilla? Throatzilla, the throat goat, whatever you want to call her, you did a better job of choking than she did. That's for sure. And now you have Kevin Durant. Now you have Kevin Durant. You have Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, you have a broken down old has-been CP3, but you know what? He's still good for a couple assists game. He can still make some good plays here and there. And then you have you. You have a pretty good starting four out of five. I don't know about the other guy. I'm not going to pretend like I do. <laughs> and what is it all going to amount to? Devin Booker? What is it going to amount to? Another first round exit? Oh, oh, probably not. Maybe, maybe you get the Mavs. Maybe you get the Mavs. And you take, another def- you, you take advantage of their dysfunction and their lack of talent in their, on their bench, their lack of defense. And you get to go into the second round where you're going to do what you keep doing. And that's losing when it counts. Because that's all you are, Devin Booker. It's a loser. With a nice stat line. You are going to be 
like every other Phoenix Suns player before you. Yeah, get him. A loser with a nice stat line. Suck it, Steve Congrats. Nash. Enjoy. Steve Nash. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. Yeah. All these other Suns players. Listen, and I don't have any hate for them, but I just call it how I see it. I just call it how I see it. You may. I don't. You may. And feel free to, to hate on them anytime. I will always support. It feels like punching support. down. I don't know. It's. They're, Listen, they're I'm annoying. down here anyway. I don't, I don't hate I'm, them. They're just annoying. Yeah, guess what? I'm five foot five. All I know how to do is punch down. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. I'm punching down. Because Devin Booker, he's not really worth my time. He's not worth anybody's time, really. Sure, if you want an, a number two who thinks he's a number one, have fun with him, right? Devin Booker... I've wasted enough time. Listen, I'm going to tell you this before, before I move on. All I hope for you and your team going forward, so as long as you are part of the Phoenix Suns, so as long as you are part of the NBA, is failure of the most spectacular kind. I hope that for the next 10 years, your teams are all high-seeded teams. That you have had fantastic all NBA level seasons. And I hope, I hope that in every series, in the first round, in the second round, or even the even the conference finals, doesn't matter when. But I hope every time you lose, every time you lose, it's when your team had a 3-0 lead and you blew it. And you let them come back and they beat you in game seven. I hope you experience that nothing but the most Heart-crushing failure possible. Because you wanted to talk shit. You wanted to talk shit because you thought you were the shit. And guess what? All I want for your career is shit. That's how you hate. Let's move on. Who's next? This one... This one, I mean, I have the same, same energy because I can feel it. I can feel, I can feel the hate dissipating my body because that's the beauty of being a hater. Because once you're done being a hater, it's all love, baby. It's all love. But there's one person I don't have any love. And I never will. I never will. Yeah, we got our get back at you. Yeah, they got the get back at you. But they, you still robbed us. You still robbed us. And I will always hate you for it. Dwayne Wade, you're stepping up right here. Hit him. 2006. He got every fucking call there was in mankind. I have never seen the NBA get down on its knees so fast and just ready up and suck up to the player like they did to Wayne Wade. I don't understand what they saw in this guy. Sure, he could get to the basket. He was explosive, dynamic. And guess what? He couldn't shoot the basketball to save his life. He lived in the mid-range. He lived in going to the hole. And he got so many calls for it. So many calls. And you know what? His body broke down. Why? Because he was subjecting himself to endless amounts of punishment. And you know who didn't care that his career was breaking down so badly? Me. Why? Because in 2006, 
He took what was rightfully from the Dallas Mavericks. Now, yes, the Dallas Mavericks did a lot to choke that series away. But it didn't help that the NBA was so ready to just give it to Dwayne Wade. I don't understand why. I really Miami, don't. Bro. I see nothing about this guy. This dude has the face of a chipmunk. Miami, you ever seen him? You ever look at it? You ever just look at the side of his face and it's just coming out like he has a fucking acorn in his jaw? Fuck you, Dwayne Wade. I'm glad that you were on this super team and you had one of the most spectacular losses in NBA Finals history. I am so glad that your best friend traded you away because you sucked. Dwayne Wade, I hope that as you continue your journey into NBA ownership, that wherever you are, the team that you are associated with experiences failure of the most egregious kind. As long as he has the jazz, that's Because that's what you deserve. And I hope that they fail year after year. And I mean fail in a way that creates apathy. Not talking about hate from other fan bases. I'm talking about indifference. I want every team that you are a part of, whether it's in ownership, whether it's through hell, even your own son's plan. My hate for you, Dwayne Wade, will extend into your bloodline. At least the ones that play. The ones that don't play, I don't really care. They can have a great life. That's fine. This is, again, all about sports hate. Sir. But guess what? As long as you and your bloodline are part of the NBA, I hope that you guys experience nothing but mediocrity and that the team, the fan base that you represent experiences nothing but indifference to, towards you. Because there is nothing worse than an indifferent fan base. Fan base that could care less. That's all I want you, Dwayne is to have fan base that lacks any sort of interest in the product that you put out because your product has been so bad, they just don't care anymore. That's real hate. I'm done. Damn. That's an ode to being a sports hater. I love it. That was great. I, um, I almost feel like I should have just, just let you fire off right off the bat. But I'm glad you still had it in you. No, it was, no, it was building up. It was building up. It was building up. I, I needed, I needed to build up. Like you know, like a running back, like a running back that that needs about thirty carries a gotta game. Get that rhythm, yeah. To just, you gotta get that rhythm. I had to get that rhythm. Yeah, you see that? I don't know if you. Good. I, I needed to participate in the World Baseball Classics <laughs> part so I could get that rhythm, so I can get my voice. And you I had. Wanna, you want to stumble? And I brought block. it. I get it. it makes sense. Exactly. And plus, like, as, as soon as I got to Dwayne Wade, I'm like, you know what? I just can't. I had some hate. I had some hate left just a little bit for other fan bases, for fan bases in general. But it's fine. I'll, I will take the, my shots at those fan bases uh, plenty of times throughout the coming season, off season, and next NFL season. But with much less. But just know, okay. I want, the, I just want, I want the falling fan. I just want the falling fan bases. Here to know, you're on my shit list, and I will find new ways to demean you, insult you, belittle you, and your team, or your team. 
actually. Because I may not have an issue with you, with uh, with a team, but with you specifically. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read this out. This is Dallas Cowboy fans. Fair. You're not my number one. This is just in order of what's coming to my head. San Francisco 49ers, you're near the top of fan bases that I can't stand. All right. Next one. Uh, New York Giants fans, because you're all delusional. And then Patriots fans, actually all fans of the Boston of Boston team. Because <laughs> that New England area, that New England area has adopted one thing from the old England area, and that's their love of using the hard R on their black players who do not perform well. And even the ones who And do. they can't deny that. Yeah. They can't deny it. The TD Garden, there's a lot of hard R's in that in that arena. Gillette Stadium, I'm sure they're there too. Uh, yeah, so they're also on the shit list. I hate them. Absolutely can't stand them. And then, whew, I think that's it for now. For now, we'll stop right there. Because I'm sure there will be more fan bases who will find ways to piss me off. And when they do, I'll be ready. And like a real hater, I'm going to be ready to hate. I'm done, Patrick. All right. Well, uh, we should probably mention Bethke will be back next week. I don't know if I actually mentioned that earlier. I just announced that it was just you. Uh, we didn't murder him or anything. He'll be back. He's just on vacation. Yeah, he's meeting the future in-laws, for those of you who don't know. I would, oh, I think that's what he's doing. Either way, so, yeah, this was a very special mini episode, one not too dissimilar from when we weren't able to meet up, and it's fun. I think we should all have like a, a mini episode of some sort. Not a better idea, a nice little change of pace from time to time. Uh, get kids to stretch, stretch our wings and try something else out that might be a little different than what we're comfortable with. Yeah, and it's a lot easier for us, at least, uh, to bounce off of one person as opposed to two people, but we'll get it. Yeah, we're still rookies in the game. Don't worry, though. To, to, all, to all 30 of you who will be like this, it'll eventually 100, 3,000, 30,000, and eventually, eventually, we will get back where we have haters, and I can't fucking wait. I welcome oh, you dude, all. dude, I know. Please I tell me. Tell me, I sound like a bitch. I dare you. But yeah, I can't wait for. It. I can't wait for somebody on the internet to be like, "This guy's talking out of his ass." Good, good. I thrive off your negativity. If you can't, if you can't handle it, guess what? What? I don't care. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Pass for all and I hope. Calls, man. And I hope. And I hope that my lack of 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 interest in your in your hate. Towards me, I hate even more because that's what it means to be a hater. Woo! Like uh, uh, one of the uh, the engines that don't exist that we we, we want to create that like just perpetual a perpetual motion machine basically. Yeah, my brain my brain just stopped. Yes, the perpetual hate machine will always move forward, and uh, Caesar will be behind the wheel. And I'm going to drive us off a baby. Let's go. I love it. All yes, right, man. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't really have too much yeah. else for you this week. I didn't want to bring too much outside of listening to 
listening to that magic. So I'm glad I'm glad we got that. It's gonna be fun. I can't yeah, wait and, to can't wait to hear it again. Yeah, I can't wait to listen back to this episode and and see how uh, how I did. Because one day, one day, I will have an even better, more succinct level hating hating ass rant. I, I'm talking about like uh, wrestling promo style. I want to get to that point, and I will. All right, man. Well. I'm probably gonna wrap this up here. Uh, yep. Walk Thanks. my dog and all that fun shit. Yep. Uh, Thanks everybody so, for listening. Oh yeah. Thank you all. Don't forget to tell your friends. Hit all the subscribes and listen to us on every device you have and all of the devices your friends have. Yer. And hate. Coming in from not so sunny Los Angeles, California, it's Becky with your NBA playoff preview. Before I got into the nitty gritty, I did just want to say a thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Willis Reed. The New York Knicks legend passed away this week. Uh, fans can go best remember him by the 1970 NBA Finals Game 7, in which he would start the game against Wilt Chamberlain. Um, with a torn leg muscle. Uh, now, Willis did not do a ton in that game uh, with a torn leg muscle. It's hard to see how anyone could. Um, but his start inspired his team, very deep New York Knicks team, and his teammate, future NBA uh, Hall of Famer, um, Clyde Frazier, to go on and have his best performance and lead his team to victory. And uh, sort of one of the beginning moments of the heart of a champion lore as it stands in NBA history. Um, Mr. Reed is one of the more important legends in the history anyway, one of the better defensive forces, um, definitely one of the more interesting characters as many of those Knicks players were. So if anybody wants to take a little time out, I would definitely go out and suggest uh, typing in the 1970 NBA Finals. Um, I know I saw a quick MSG clip that was about five minutes long. That was a really good summary as well if you don't have too much time. Let's get into the playoffs. So I just wanted to go ahead and just get the playoffs started in the best fashion we can by acknowledging that there are four teams that can go ahead and start looking at the lottery. Um, the bottom three seems to be locked in with San Antonio, Houston, and Detroit. Don't really know how um, anyone could pass them. I didn't do the math either, um, but I think you can eyeball that. It should be a lock. They're the only teams eliminated as well, uh, with Charlotte being the fourth team eliminated. And the team that should be locked into the fourth spot, um, again, I don't really pay attention to draft, a draft-a-thon or anything like that, um, tank-a-thon or whichever uh, popular website people really uh, track the draft with. Um, I just know that based off this, there's there's got to be no way in hell these guys have a chance to uh, escape that bottom three. Um, Charlotte, like I said, I do believe should be locked into a four unless somebody just absolutely shamelessly tanks this thing out. Um, though Charlotte does have the ability to play, um, play hard. You know, I think they've got a lot of guys that are looking to the future of their careers and aren't concerned about what the future of the Charlotte Hornets are, which is definitely fair. So Charlotte has no reason to continue to lose. Um, they should be a very annoying team for any of these other teams trying to win. Um, Portland, Orlando, and Washington, uh, I would not consider any of them dead officially. I will go into them a little bit um, when I get into the playoffs previews. Um, but I would, I would definitely say they're all on life support and or on critical condition here because this is, you know, for Portland, they were hemorrhaging games. Washington started hemorrhaging games more recently. Orlando has really just been trying to come back from a 
dreadful start for a while here and just hasn't been able to make up as much pace as they would have if they were in the West. Um, so I think you can kind of look at this one and say that's a wrap on those three seasons. Um, but because there's a lot of mediocrity, it's not official yet. So um, with that, we'll jump into the East. Um, I did look at Orlando's future. Um, so, you know, you're looking at the standings right now. You're talking about 30 wins, 43 losses. Um, Washington's just ahead of them um, at two and a half or two games ahead of them. So you're really not looking at a big leap to beat Washington. Um, and then Indiana's just above that at one. So, I mean, it's still there. It's And I don't want to rule it out because Orlando's really fun. They're a really talented group. I just think that you're looking at the Knicks, the Nets, the Grizzlies, the Wizards, uh, the Pistons, the Cavs back-to-back, the Nets again, and then the Heat. Um, most of those teams are playing for something. And, you know, I just, it, for me, it finds really hard. I find it really, really hard to see where Orlando can pull this one out. Um, though, getting into Washington, the best avenue would be Washington, Indiana, and Chicago all sort of bottoming out at the same time as they're sort of continuing to move forward. Um, Washington definitely looks like a team that's a little bit rudderless at the moment. The only thing I would caution is saying that they still have, I'm not going to lie, they don't even have a good schedule. They play San Antonio next and they better win that game because uh, without winning that game, you know, you don't, you're just not looking at, I mean, you have Houston in the season. If you can put yourself in position, I just, you, there's a lot of bad body language uh, around that team. And personally, I would stay away. Uh, Indiana, I think they're as talented of a group as you can find for young talent. Um, I think they're more interesting than the Bulls in some ways. Uh, I maybe personally would root for them over the Bulls, but um, I do think, <sighs> I really think their window is the most open here. You know, Boston isn't going to be, it's Boston, Atlanta, Dallas, Milwaukee, OKC, Cleveland, New York, Detroit, New York. Not really a break there. That worries me. The only thing that makes me interested is what's really happening with Chicago. Uh, and that leads to the next group. I think with Chicago, um, DeMar DeRozan's injury certainly is interesting. They got skunked last night, um, or the night before, forget. Um, they head into a really nasty three-game series in L.A. where they're going to play the Lakers twice and the Clippers once. Um those teams aren't perfect. Paul George injury is a very big deal. I don't know what's up with DeMar DeRozan as of this moment, um, but that's certainly, if the DeMar DeRozan injury keeps him out of those three games, that could certainly spell the end of this uh, Chicago season. I, I, you know, if you take all, I mean, worst case scenario, you take all three of those losses, you're, you know, essentially around Orlando's, um, level. So, I mean, it could get really ugly. I'm not saying it's that doom and gloom. They've turned a corner with the Pat Beverly stuff. But I don't know if it's coincidental or if Pat Beverly's truly just got his little playoff magic going. Um, but we'll see if they can hold on. It's not going to be an easy schedule for them. Um, though they do have Portland um, before they head into the LA series. So, and Charlotte after Detroit to finish the season. There's some there's some hope here, um, but that DeMar DeRozan injury is certainly scary. Toronto has one of the more interesting schedules left. Um, 
that's why I think I'll pencil them into the to be a lock. Um, I think if I had to pick between Chicago and Indiana to put on wax, I'm going to go with Chicago at the moment. Um, but Indiana definitely has a better path. Um, Toronto plays Charlotte twice and then Boston twice to finish the season, essentially. Milwaukee at the end of the season probably won't have anything to play for. So I'm very interested in that game. Um, they have Detroit, Washington back to back before heading into Miami, Philly, uh, which is the next four. That's going to be really the big test because you've been both Detroit, Washington. That gives you the breathing room, the comfortability. Um, and then if you can just squeeze one of those Miami, Philly games, I think you're really, you're looking at that opportunity to lock in the 10th seed, um, at the very worst. Uh, Atlanta, I have no, I see no reason why they can't be locked into that play in. Um, but they've got a, what, three, three and a half game gap to reach the Nets, which is most likely who it's going to be. It's currently the, the Miami Heat. Um, the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets have, um, a game to settle this essentially, even though maybe the Cavs will do it before I even get to, where you can get to that point. Um, the Nets play. Cleveland and Miami in secession right now. Um, that would be a big moment. They have some games that may be more possible to win later on. Um, but that is a really tough start because it's already been trending like Miami's going to take over their spot as a six seed and that they'll be a part of the play in, which is what I would, how I would look at it. I think eventually this will all end up with Brooklyn being the six or being the seven, um, and Miami being the six. Um, the Knicks, I think, I think the rest of that East goes chalk, in my opinion. Um, I don't see any reason why Philly can't overtake Boston. Um, I just see Philly really having a hard schedule at the moment with a lot of desperate teams uh, in their path. So we'll see. Um, you know, if they are truly the, uh, rising to a juggernaut status, then this would be an excellent moment for them to step their foot down and maybe get into the conversation of the one seed. Um, I think that's going to be really hard. Uh, Boston has leveled out. They've struggled a bit. They're not worrying me yet, but there is cause for some concern, especially because Philly and my and Milwaukee have, have gotten so much better. Um, I don't think they have the chance to get the seed, the first seed, but Indiana, San Antonio, Washington, then you play Milwaukee. You win those three out, you beat Milwaukee. It's a different conversation entirely about a lot of things in the season. You lose a couple of those games and you lose to Milwaukee, and it's an entirely different conversation too. So I'm very interested to see the Boston Celtics start to prove who they are as we enter the end of the season. And I'm glad that the East has a competitive first seed race, um, even though Milwaukee may be the class of the NBA right now. I think that um, you can clearly say all three of these teams have a shot to get hot and get on a roll and get going into the playoffs. It took me 10 minutes to get to this point. I don't love that, but here we go. And we'll go ahead and move on to the West, which is just a comedy. Um, I already said the bit on Portland. I think they're dead. Um, I did bury the Pelicans on the last podcast, so they naturally have gotten a little bit better and won some key games, have a very, very good stretch of basketball where they have another game against Charlotte before they play in possibly injured Clippers team struggling to replace Paul George before playing Portland, before playing Golden State, Denver, uh, the Clippers again, the Kings, you know, not a great end of the season schedule for the Pels, but a schedule that's good enough um, 
to give them some leverage, hopefully get a couple of wins here, gather a couple of wins, maybe go on a little win streak, and any win streak in the West matters. Any win streak. Two games doesn't matter. It is important. Um, Utah, I, I, I'm interested in. I think Utah is far better than New Orleans at this point. I think you could argue that Utah is maybe even better than some of the teams that are ahead of them currently. But ultimately, I look at Utah and I think, are we going to see shenanigans? Is there any reason for shenanigans? The lottery doesn't really allow for Utah to go from the position they're in to shenanigan into the fifth best odds for the number one pick or anything. Um, so I would lean into thinking Utah's going to compete for a playoff spot. Also, because you have two rookies that came in and are basically guys that have instantly been good and useful in Akbaji and Kessler. Um, so I think that Utah is just trying to get their guys a little extra experience. I don't think you're going to have to worry about any shenanigans with Utah. Um, that being said, not going to be the easiest path either. Milwaukee, Sacramento, Phoenix, Spurs. Okay. Uh, we know they're trying to make sure they got that number one pick. Uh, Boston, Brooklyn, Lakers, uh, Thunder, Nuggets, Lakers again. So it's not the easiest because you're directly competing with a couple of those teams. Great for the television ratings. Not so great for you. It'll be interesting to see. I think that they've got a formula that could keep them through. But I also think that it's maybe you're trying some guys out. Maybe you're trying some other things. Who knows? It'll be interesting to find out. Um, if they do somehow bow out of the conversation, then maybe it makes New Orleans a little more palatable. Maybe the Lakers and um, – the Thunder and the Mavericks all start to relax a little bit because at that point, no matter how goofy they look, they probably will fall upwards still. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes getting into those teams. Um, Los Angeles Lakers have looked decent. Um, there's a lot I can break down and get into, and for time I just won't. Um, the Thunder, the Bulls twice in a row, Minnesota, Houston, Utah, Clippers, Phoenix, Utah. That's, an, that's not an easy way to go out. Um, but in my opinion, I think with this Lakers team, they've turned a corner with the trades. They're not the best team in the world by any stretch, but they're getting better. They're showing competence. The only thing they need to show, show us is to go down a murderer's row and at least do something productive. You don't have to win all of these games. You really don't. You just have to assert dominance. You have to show that you've got this window and you're taking it because at this point you're one of the more healthy teams somehow with you know minus LeBron James. So take advantage. Andy Davis has to take advantage of these matchups. They, the guards have got to get involved. Blah blah blah. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think that there's imploding with the Lakers, but I do think they're the most combustible team, spontaneously combustible. Um, the Mavericks may be argued uh, as well, but I do have some positive news here for the Mavs fans. You have a back to back with Charlotte. You have Indiana, Philadelphia, Miami, Atlanta, Sacramento. That's a tough four. That's the tough four. All four of those teams playing for something. And then Chicago and the Spurs to finish the season. Again, we don't know what Chicago will be. But that's a pretty decent record with as much wiggle room as they have. Focusing on the health of Kyrie and Luka, they're going to be the most important parts of this 
downward stretch. We'll see if they can finish it off. I think they'll be fine and interesting, but they definitely feel like a play-in team to me because I don't know who's playing for them <clears throat> on a given night, and I don't know when the chemistry of the two stars is going to get together. That being said, if they're a play-in team, they're probably the scariest play-in team realistically. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder will have a tough uh, weekend in L.A., um, not like your boy. Uh, we will see how that week uh, trip in L.A. goes for them. Clippers and Lakers would be an important one, but if they get past that, it's Portland, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana. That's doable. Even if you lose those two Laker uh, Clipper games, you got uh, the Laker Clipper games, you got that four sitting right there. You got your guys healthy. Oklahoma City should be penciled in. I'm going to pencil them in. I hope they're in. They're, mo- they're one of the most fun teams to watch, even if they're not that great. Um, I mean, they're getting there. They're just. It takes time with these baby squads. Uh, Minnesota looks good. Minnesota has survived all the injuries they could survive. They've survived one of the worst trades imaginable, probably of all time. Ant-Man is still not um, back yet, but is expected soon. Um, The boost of Mr. Carl Anthony Towns last night helped propel them above the Hawks and got them on a two-game winning streak, which they desperately needed. They will be tested quickly, though, um, and we will find out um, if they can do this. Now, um, it's not the end of the world. Uh, You have Golden State, Sacramento, Phoenix, Los Angeles, Lakers. But you get past that, you got Portland, uh, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Pels. All those games are winnable at the end uh, stretch. So get past those four, split those those spurs, these next four, um, even though Phoenix maybe is a winnable team game right now. Um, and I think the Timberwolves should be in position to uh, get out of the play-in, which I think is really where they should be is out of the play-in. I, I don't think that that team, as currently constructed and healthy, should be a play-in team. The rest of these teams should be. I don't think Minnesota should be. Um, Golden State, interesting concept. Uh, you know, and I, I now I'm looking at the record as I wrote it down. I should have looked at what games are home and which ones are away, because that's the most important stat with this team, apparently. Don't know what's happening with Andrew Wiggins. Um, I don't know what Jordan Poole is going to decide to do on a given night. But there's still some positivity. You beat Philly, you beat Minnesota. You get the Pels, you get the Spurs, you get the Nuggets. That would be the very interesting Nuggets game because then maybe you get to put your foot on the throat. Maybe you get to scare the NBA back into worrying about the Warriors. And then you have Oklahoma City, Sacramento, and Portland to finish off the season, which doesn't even matter if you go one for two in that, um, so long as you get these next few rolling. Um, You're in the best position right now of this cluster, I feel like. Um, Maybe the Clippers were the better position. Maybe the Suns are the better position. But your guys are healthy. Um, if Wiggins ever does come back, which I've got to be honest, I don't think he is. If he ever comes back, then it's pretty much, even with him probably struggling or off the bench or whatever you have to do in the comeback, I still think the Warriors just feel more comfortable to me than the Suns and the Clippers. And I'll get into that now. Um, Clippers had looked like one of the more competent teams. They tried the Russell Westbrook starting thing. They realized it wasn't right. Ty has a lot of weapons to use. Sometimes uh, he's not using them all correctly or like I would like him to use. Sometimes he's struggling to get them on because egos and stuff we don't get to see. Paul George's injury, though, um, 
that feels really like the toughest part of this. Um, the news says that he should be back, I would say, either by the end of a first-round series or the beginning of a second-round series. That being said, they've got to get there first. And the margin for error is small. You're talking about Thunder, Pelicans, Bulls, Memphis, Memphis, New Orleans, Lakers, Portland, Phoenix. Only one of those teams has officially bowed out, in my opinion, of the playoff conversation. That's tough. And I don't know who they're going to rely on. Maybe it's just as simple as Norman Powell comes back and takes over Paul George's minutes and Kawhi can keep this group rolling. But it could go the other way, right? Um, it could be an over-reliance on some other guys that ends up having an issue. Or maybe they'll, you know, I'm just interested to see how this Clippers thing goes. Um, but I will not complain about um, a lot of Kawhi ball. We need to see a little bit of superhero Kawhi this early in the season. I will not complain. Phoenix. I don't like Phoenix much right now. Without DeAndre Ayton, they're pretty much the most beatable team in the world. Monty Williams hasn't stopped bitching about refereeing and ever. Um, I, I laugh at the fact that they're over here yelling at Austin Reeves for being a free throw merchant when you it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and it's like we can look at your drive to the basket rating, and if it's in the bottom 25, which it is, well, no one's going to feel sorry for you for not getting calls. That's how the game goes. Durant doesn't even get a lot of calls sometimes because of the way he plays basketball. That's just a part of life. I don't know if they'll fix this. I don't know if they'll get better, but it's definitely an interesting thing to look at, even if they get healthy and as they start to get down into the um, to playing some of these uh, semifinals and these conference finals, that might be the issue with this r- roster, as great as it could be at full capacity. They may have no ability to attack the rim and cause them to lose to an official game by, I mean, look at Dallas, right? That would be a really annoying team to play. Um they love to, that's a manufacturing free throw team, whether they make them or not. So I would be interested to see that. Um, do I think that Phoenix can still, you know, fulfill the prophecy of the Durant uh, title? I definitely do. Um, but at this point, I'm a little worried. They don't have a lot of the, their big depth is worryful, is worrisome, and DeAndre Ayton not being in is showing. We'll see if they can finish this season strong. They do not have an easy way out. They do not have a lot of teams left on their season that are their schedule that are not playing for anything. They play a lot of teams that are directly in the cluster there. We'll see how that goes. Finishing off Sacramento Kings, a team that I probably would I wouldn't be too worried about. They're going to deal with a pretty difficult stretch that they currently are on. Then they're going to have a couple of games that they should get. Like, honestly, could go four in a row. And then you'll have another few slate where who knows what Denver's playing for at the end of the season. Maybe you're playing Denver for the uh, finals for the first seed. Who knows? Unlikely. But it'll be an interesting one to look at. Um, I would probably still pencil them in. nowhere, no way that they'll lose the five-game lead on the three seed. Um, Memphis is fine. Memphis could compete for the one seed. Uh, Jaw is going to come off the bench for a little bit, but in all honesty, they've got enough dudes um, that it doesn't matter a ton. I don't know that it helps fix any of my concerns for them moving forward, but 
it is certainly something that I'm interested in. Um, and then finally, Denver. Uh, I think Denver is they're at a point where I'm definitely watching their games a little differently. I'm watching their games because I, I find them very suspect. Now, I think they're going to be the one seed. I think they've got a pattern, a path to that one seed that's a favorable one. However, I, I do have some great concerns about where this roster's heading, and I, I do feel like there's a little white writing on the wall. Um, and it's not a referendum on Jokic, and it's not to say Michael Malone's a bad coach or to pick on all the little parts of it. I just think that you've collected this talent. It's a great talent. It's a great collective. I don't think it fits. I don't think it's the right fit for Joker, even if it's the right fit. In your mind, I think that the reality is this team has to be built a little different. If he's the best offensive player and the best offensive machine that we've maybe ever seen, then I think it's really important for them to double down defensively with some real size, length, and talent and worry less about who's going to make the shots, whatever. I mean, maybe the Toronto Raptors' look is a little more important, a little bit better for for Nicola. Um, just the shooting is going to be an issue in, in that situation, I guess, but I feel like you can grind out basketball games with a defensive unit built around Nicola better than you can just continue this version of Denver Nuggets basketball, which is kind of a version of Denver Nuggets basketball that's always existed, where they've always sort of had these teams that are just absolutely terrified of defense. And I, I just think it's a moment. I think it's a moment in time for the franchise to say, hey, we've tried this group as much as possible, even if it flames out in the second round. If it flames out in the conference finals, I still feel the same way a little bit, depending. That would definitely makes it harder, but depending. You gotta look at moving some of these guys to get whatever you can get in the idea with the idea of moving towards that defensive roster, that that tight group of stalwarts. That being said, maybe there's stuff that I don't know because I'm not in house. Um, I'll wrap it up by saying I think Denver will stay one. I don't think Memphis will surge, though I do think there's a great conversation that they would. I think Sacramento's got nowhere to go but third. And if I had to put money on it, I would I would say Minnesota and Golden State can rise to four and five. I don't think that Phoenix and the Clippers will fall too far. Although, if I'm right, one of them will have to go into the play-in. I think the play-in will be some variation of Dallas, Los Angeles, Oklahoma City, and I am going to say the Clippers. I don't feel great, but I'm going to say that. And that's where I'm going to land. I think Utah and New Orleans have had great seasons. I think that the urgency for what they're playing for is a little bit less than a lot of these other teams. And they're a little bit behind, although Utah and Oklahoma City sort of the Spider-Man meme in different versions, but similar places. I um, I think the 10 that are currently sitting here will eventually stand out, at least as of this moment. Um, you know, Lakers, Mavericks, Thunder, Minnesota, Golden State, Clippers, Phoenix, Sacramento, Memphis, and Denver. 
we'll see how the rest of goes. Um, otherwise, guys, I'm ready for the second season to start. I know you guys probably are too. I hope everyone else has a great end of the season. Keep the injury bugs away from everybody. And if your favorite player likes to get technicals, those too. Peace out. This is Pass the Rock. Thank you for listening to Pass the Rock. And as always, tell your friends and listen to us as much as you can forever until you can no longer listen to anything else. Only listen to us. Bye.